Is anyone else a little stressed out about the fact that Christmas is slightly over a week away? Now, Jill and I are stressed because we still have most, and by most I mean all of our Christmas shopping to do. But we will get it done, and after all, Sheets is open 24 hours, and uh, they have some really nice things, right? <clears throat> but Christmas is all about giving. We give to each other, and we think about the wise men bringing gifts to Jesus, but the real reason we give gifts at Christmas time is to celebrate the gift that God gave to us that first Christmas. And one of the most quoted verses of Scripture sums it up for us. Here's what it says, God loved the people of this world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who has faith in him will have eternal life and never really die. God did not send his son into the world to condemn its people. He sent him to save them. God gave his son Jesus because he loves us and because he wants us to have eternal life. He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn us, but to save us. It was a sacrificial gift. It was the most important gift. It was an awesome gift. But the truth is, sometimes God's gift hasn't been that well received. We talked last week about how we've all been excited to open a gift. And like our video, we've found socks and underwear inside. And it was a gift we needed that we could use, but we didn't really want. But have you ever opened a gift and found something that you don't need, can't use, and didn't want? I think we've all been given gifts like that. In fact, I think a very smart person who was frustrated by gifts that they couldn't use and didn't want stacking up around their house came up with a solution for this, and that is how white elephant gift exchanges at Christmas parties got started. So have you gotten gifts that you didn't want and couldn't use or gifts that might have even been kind of a slap. A friend I know got nose hair clippers for Christmas from his wife. That's pretty bad. My daughter got Weight Watchers cookbooks for, from someone for a wedding gift. And they were used. But anyway, my grandma Hammer was a wonderful, wonderful Christian lady, but her gifts were often very interesting. You may have heard me tell about some of her homemade ties that she, that she gave us, but I remember the year she gave me a pair of pants. Now, these weren't just any pants. I searched the internet to try to find a photo, and this one's pretty close, although I don't think those are as bright as the pants my grandma gave me. Uh, I remember some bright yellow in the mix. And it was really hard to be grateful or to act grateful when I opened them. And I was so hoping they would be the wrong size. But when she made me try them on, of course, they fit perfectly. I think we've all received gifts that we didn't want or couldn't use or didn't need. And surprisingly, this is what happened when Jesus was born into our world. God gave us his son, and 
Jesus sacrificed heaven to come here to earth and he set aside his throne and his robes and never was a gift given like that. Yet it was largely rejected. Look at what it says in John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. They did not receive him. Now, uh, this passage was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word for receive is a word paralambano. And it doesn't just speak to the act of receiving. It also addresses the spirit in which something is received. It could be described as to take to oneself. It pictures what is said at weddings when we say, when the pastor says, do you take this woman to be your wife or do you take this man to be your husband? It's delighting in what you have received. It's the picture of embracing it or, and accepting it and enjoying it. But Jesus came to his own and his own didn't receive him. They didn't embrace him or accept him but there seems to be something about Christmas that causes people to be more accepting of Jesus we are hearing Christmas songs that are mentioning Jesus even in places that wouldn't normally think that that was okay and we see him on Christmas cards and uh, he's there in nativity sets everywhere because people love Christmas and, and they like the Christmas Jesus People like the Christmas Jesus. It seems Jesus as a baby is, more, uh, is a more inviting picture to many people. And these feelings were kind of summed up by that great theologian, Ricky Bobby. Some of you know who that is. Ricky Bobby is a fictional NASCAR character played by Will Ferrell in the movie Talladega Nights. And at one point in the movie, he says this. When you pray, you can pray to whatever Jesus you want to. You can pray to the teenage Jesus or the grown-up Jesus or the bearded Jesus. But I like the Christmas Jesus. I like praying to a cuddly little baby. I want to pray to him. And I think that's what happens this time of year. People are more open to Jesus because he's just a baby and we all love babies and he isn't very threatening and he doesn't put any demands on us. And he's just, it's just a sweet story of a baby born in a stable and laid in a manger. But here's the thing. The Christmas Jesus becomes the crucified Jesus. The Christmas Jesus becomes the crucified Jesus. Several years ago, I came up with what I thought would be a great idea for Christmas Eve. We had a doll in a manger and at one point in the message I took baby Jesus out of the manger and I held him up to the cross. There were gasps throughout the room at every service. See people like the Christmas Jesus but eventually he becomes the crucified Jesus. So the passage says he came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. And by not receive him, I mean they beat him beyond recognition. They put a crown of thorns on his head and they nailed him to a cross. They didn't receive him. And this shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone at the time of Jesus because 
God had told everyone years before that this would happen. Look at what it says in Isaiah 53. He grew up like a small plant before the Lord, like a root growing in a dry land. And he had no special beauty or form to make us notice him. There was nothing in his appearance to make us desire him. He was hated and rejected by people. He had much pain and suffering. People would not even look at him. He was hated and we didn't even notice him. It's one thing to accept and embrace the Christmas Jesus, but another to accept and embrace the crucified Jesus. So let's think this through. Let's talk about refusing an unwanted gift. Let's talk about refusing an unwanted gift. And I guess uh, the obvious question is, why? Why was Jesus not received? Why was he not embraced? Well, some didn't like his message. I mean, they loved the Christmas Jesus and they really, really loved the miracle working Jesus. But when he became the preaching Jesus, a lot of people went home. You see that in John chapter 6, and uh, that's one of the times it happened. He had fed over 5,000 people, and uh, then he uh, walks on water, and then uh, the crowd finds him, and they come asking for more miracles, and Jesus becomes the preaching Jesus, and they don't like what he says. And um, verse 66 says that on that day, many stopped following him, basically they left Jesus' church that day because they didn't like the preaching Jesus. Some today are still offended by his message, so they don't receive or embrace Jesus. Some refuse him because they figure out that receiving Jesus means rejecting someone else. And John chapter 12, it tells us that many of the Jewish leaders did believe in Jesus, but they wouldn't admit it because they cared more about what men thought than what God thinks. And this happens today. Some refuse Jesus because they worry about what their friends and their family would say or think if they embraced him. But what about the people in Jesus's time? What uh, why did the two primary groups that existed at that time reject him? I think if we look more closely at their reasons, we will see that those reasons still exist today. You see, Jesus is often unwanted because people don't like who we turn out to be. They don't like who we turn out to be. This is why the Romans who lived in the Holy Land during the time of Jesus would have rejected him. The Romans would never have given Jesus a chance because of the Jews. You see, the Romans were stationed in Palestine, and they really didn't want to be there. They wanted to be home with their families, but it was worse than just being away from home and stationed somewhere far away. You see, the Jewish people were very proud. They were very arrogant, and they would have thrown all sorts of racial slurs at the Romans because they thought that God loved the Jews, but that God hated the Romans. But the Jews were also really unhappy about the Romans being there and occupying their land. And there was this group of Jews that was called the Zealots. And they would carry short swords under their tunics. And they would walk through crowds. And when they were in a crowd and they got close to a Roman soldier, they would take out the sword and they would kill the soldier. And then they would just kind of disappear into the crowd. Basically, they were first century terrorists or freedom fighters, depending on your perspective. 
So the Romans hated the Jewish people. They saw them as inferior. They saw them as extreme. They saw them as judgmental. And so they never would have given Jesus a chance. So basically, the Romans wouldn't receive the Son of God because they couldn't stand the people of God. They wouldn't receive the Son of God because they couldn't stand the people of God. They rejected Jesus because they didn't like who we turned out to be. And that seems so familiar to me because I meet people all the time who don't give Jesus a chance because they really don't like Christians. They don't like Christians. I, I think of a woman who divorced her husband because he was unfaithful and abusive and she was asked not to come back to the church that she was attending at the time and she didn't go back to that church or to any church for decades because she didn't like who God's people turned out to be. And I think of people I met when I first started serving a church in Northern California. I invited them to come to church with me, and they told me that they would never go to that church because one of the elders had cheated them in business. And I think of it being revealed uh, that a pastor was having an affair and many people leaving the church that he was at. And unfortunately, we could probably spend several hours with each of us telling stories about how the people of God have turned out to be uncaring or ungodly or judgmental. And some people don't receive Jesus because of who we turned out to be. And if you're sitting here with your arms crossed because you feel that way, here's what I want to say to you. Yeah. Yeah, it can be that way sometimes. Christian people, just like all people, are flawed. Christ followers, just like everyone else, can be hypocrites and sinners and liars and whatever else you can think of. We all fall and we all fail and we don't always do a good job of reflecting Jesus. And I'm really sorry about that. But don't let the wrapping paper keep you from seeing the gift God has for you. Don't let what he's wrapped in, his people sometimes keep you from seeing what he has for you. If you let a hypocrite stand between you and God, you realize that that hypocrite is closer to God than you are. I know Christians can sometimes be weird. I know Christians can sometimes be annoying. And if you are a Christian in this room right now and you're thinking, I don't know any weird, annoying Christians, it's you. Sorry. <laughs> but if you've been hurt, if you've been repelled by churches or by people who claim to follow Christ, please don't let us get in the way of you seeing uh, what God has for you this Christmas season. Second, Jesus is often unwanted because people don't like who he turned out to be. They don't like who he turns out to be. I mean, Jesus was also rejected. He was rejected by his own people, by the Jewish nation. That's the primary group that John is talking about in John chapter 1. It specifically says he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. And the reason that they didn't receive him is because they expected a different kind of Savior. He was not the God they wanted. 
The Jews had developed a very clear picture of who they thought the Messiah, the rescuer that God had promised would be. They expected a military leader. They thought that the rescuer from God would come and that he would overthrow the Romans and that he would set up a political kingdom. And they really thought that they would be political leaders within his political kingdom. And they thought that they would finally be out from under the Roman authority and that the Messiah would come and save them from all of the things that they were going through. That's the kind of Savior that they were looking for. And for some, uh, they, for some time, they thought that that's the kind of leader he would be. And then they saw him arrested and beaten and humiliated. And people rejected him because he wasn't the God they wanted he wasn't the God they expected. And some of us have struggled with the same frustrations, haven't we? Jesus is not uh, who we expected him to be, and he's not doing what we expected him to do. People today reject Jesus when he isn't the kind of God that they want him to be. People grow up in a church, and they have faith in him, but life doesn't turn out the way that they thought it would or that they think it should and so they walk away from Jesus because he hasn't saved them the way that they think that he should have saved them. But don't give up on him too soon. Don't give up on him too soon. I mean, have you ever opened a gift and it looks like something you don't want? I mean, the box says waffle iron or toaster or quesadilla maker, you know. And you think, oh, great. I don't need this. I don't want this. But then you open the box, and inside the box is what you really wanted after all. And that's how it is with God. When you keep opening up to him, when you keep embracing his gift, it turns out to be exactly what you want and exactly what you really need. So let's spend a few minutes talking about receiving an unwanted gift. Now, what do you usually do when you get a gift that you don't want, I mean, do you return it to the store? Or, or maybe you re-gift it. Several years ago, Jill and I received a gift from somebody, and uh, when we opened the gift, it was nice. And when we opened the box it was in, inside the box was a tag that was to the person that had given it to us from somebody else. Now, we weren't offended by that because I think that same gift we gave to somebody else. But... Um, so maybe you regift, or maybe you just toss it in a closet or give it, uh, donate it to Goodwill or something. No matter what you do with a gift, unless you use it, you don't really receive the gift. Let me finish my story about the pants Grandma gave me, remember? So I took them home, and a few days after Christmas, one of my good friends, a guy who I thought was really cool at the time, I thought he might be the coolest guy that I know, he was at my house, and he saw those pants sitting in a stack of gifts, and he picked them up, and he said, these are really cool. And I thought he was kidding, so I laughed, and he said, no, no, really, they are really cool. These are great. I would wear them all the time if they were mine. And I thought about giving them to him, but he was a lot taller than I was. So the next Sunday, kind of as a joke and kind of to test the water to see if my friend was right and these pants were cool, I put on those pants. 
And I put them on just the way they are in the picture. Notice the white shoes and the white belt. That's the way I wore them. White shoes, white belt, because in the early 70s, that was cool. And if you weren't alive in the early 70s, praise that cuddly baby Jesus, because <laughs> you miss some really horrible fashion things. But I put them on with white shoes and a white belt, and I went to church. And I expected people to laugh, and I was ready to laugh with them. But instead, I got all sorts of compliments, and not just from people my grandma's age. And one of the people who told me she really liked my pants was Leslie Booth. Now, Leslie was easy on the eyes. And eighth grade Steve had a huge crush on Leslie Booth. From then on, I received those pants. I wore them all the time. You see, sometimes the gifts that God gives to us are things that we don't think we need and don't think we want. And we might not even think it was a gift, but it is. I think of our daughter who was born with a chronic illness and died when she was four and a half years old and we still miss her and we would have loved it if she had been healed from her disease and stayed with us and at the time her illness and her death seemed like anything other than a gift and sometimes it still doesn't seem like a gift but I can see how God has used it in my life and in the lives of many other people and I think of a very painful time and ministry and deciding to resign from my position as pastor for the good of my family and for the good of the church and then being unemployed for eight months and it didn't seem like a gift at the time but it allowed me to spend much much more time with my mom in her last year of life and it has resulted in me meeting all of you which is a gift most days at least from my perspective. But before you decide that God doesn't know what he's doing, wait. Wait. I mean, when you don't understand that financial struggle, just wait. When it seems like he's acting, uh, see, when it seems like acting like a Christian at work is just getting you walked on and taken advantage of, just wait. When you don't understand how God can be God and allow such pain and evil in our world, just wait. Because waiting can reveal that those things might actually be a gift to us. When Jesus was being beaten and humiliated, they thought that they didn't want him. But when he walked out of the grave alive again, he became the gift that overcomes death. Now, Today, people still deal with Jesus not being what they want. I mean, what kind of a Savior doesn't save from cancer? What kind of a Savior doesn't save from foreclosure? What kind of a Savior doesn't save your marriage? What kind of a Savior doesn't save your child? You see, Jews thought that if he really was the Messiah... Why were they still getting pushed around by the Romans? But Jesus didn't come to save them from the Romans. And he didn't come to save us from cancer or from divorce. He came to save us from hell. 
A fellow pastor says this, imagine that you're in a hotel sound asleep and you hear a fire alarm and you wake up and you realize this is not a drill. You smell smoke and you get up and you get ready to flee the room and just before you do, you see that $1 bottle of water that they charge you $4 for if you open it and drink it. But you grab it and you think you might need it and you run out of the room and in the hall you hear crying and you go into the next room and there is a woman cowering in the corner of this smoke-filled room and she's crying and she says, I am really thirsty and so you give her water, you save her from, your thirst, from her thirst and then you run out of the room. Now listen to me. We have a savior who doesn't always give us a drink of water that we think we desperately need but he puts us on his shoulders and he carries us to safety. Jesus didn't come to save people from the Romans but from hell. He didn't come to save us from terrorism or from tragedies, but to save us from eternal condemnation. And the truth is, some gifts just aren't valuable until you realize how much you need them. When I realize I'm a sinner, and because of my sin, I'm separated from God. Because of my sin, I'm headed for an eternity full of condemnation and suffering. When I realize that, I realize I need this gift that God sent at Christmas. I realize I need Jesus. And when I realize that, it changes how I receive him. It changes how I view this gift. Look again at that passage we've been looking at from John chapter 1 about them not receiving him. He came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. When we receive him, he not only saves us. But he makes us children of God. We become family with each other. And we become God's kids. Look at that passage again uh, from Isaiah about them rejecting Jesus. He was hated and rejected by people. He had much pain and suffering. People would not even look at him. He was hated and we didn't even notice him. But he took our suffering on him and felt our pain for us. We saw his suffering and thought God was punishing him, but he was wounded for the wrong we did. He was crushed for the evil we did. The punishment which makes us well was given to him. We all have wandered away like sheep. Each of us has gone his own way, but the Lord has put on him the punishment of for all the evil we have done. Do you see it? When they saw him suffering, they thought that God was punishing him. They thought that he was being punished when he was suffering. But it was my punishment that they saw that day. He was suffering for me. He was wounded and abused for the wrong that I did. And that you did. The punishment that he endured makes us well. It makes us well. So this gift is one you should definitely reconsider. You should embrace it. You should accept it. At the beginning, we talked about that Greek word used for receive, paralambano. 
I said that it didn't mean that they didn't embrace him, they didn't welcome him, they didn't accept him. You know, the very next place that word paralambano is used in John is in John chapter 14. And here's what it says Jesus says this If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus, just before he died on the cross, before he left the earth, he said, I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to receive you. I'm going to prepare a place, and then I will receive those who have received me. So the question is, what will you do with this gift that God has given you? Will you refuse it or will you receive it? I pray that each one of us will, will really receive, that will embrace and accept this gift and let it revolutionize our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. Father, thank you for the gift of Jesus. And Father, right now in this place, there are those who have kind of pushed aside this gift that you've given to them because they don't like Christians. And Father, forgive us for the times when our sinfulness has caused other people to be uh, repelled from you. Father, others are struggling with who Jesus turns out to be. And Father, I pray that they can wait, that they can embrace the gift, that they can trust you, maybe not to save them from their current problems, but to save them from eternal condemnation. Father, I pray for those in this room that are at least thinking about giving you another chance. Father, thank you that each day you give us another chance. And Father, thank you. Thank you that Jesus went to prepare a place where he will receive us to himself. Father, I look forward to that day when Jesus and I embrace each other, receive each other in your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.